This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. Shall we begin? It's not your job to question us. You are here only to watch. The watch is to last two weeks. We are proposing eight-hour shifts. There is to be no conferring between the two of you. May I ask, gentlemen, no one has told me what precisely is wrong with the girl. Anna O'Donnell doesn't eat. How long exactly has it been since the last time the girl ate? Four months. BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn and Arvin. And just to let you know, this week is a pewathon. Does that sound right to you? It, sound, it sounds good, a pewathon. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it is. Um, because we have a strange Florence Pew double bill that just kind of lined up. We haven't actually been doing um, reviews in recent weeks that often for a number of reasons. So there is a little bit of a stockpile of films. Um, anyway, tomorrow we'll be reviewing... Oh my God, what is that movie called? Don't worry, darling. Uh, but for today, we are talking about The Wonder. So after The Wonder, right, I can easily say that I will watch anything that Florence Pugh is in. Right? Um, anything, anything that she does. Um, I, I won't look at Rotten Tomatoes scores. I won't look at critics' reviews. I already like liked her as an actor, uh, Little Women, Black Widow, and, and Tomorrow's uh, Don't Worry Darling. But this is on a whole other level, and she's so insanely good um, while looking like she isn't flexing at all. It looks like it comes completely natural to her. Uh, the movie itself is, is good. Like I liked it. I really enjoyed it. Um, and it made me think about it quite a bit. Like it, it lived in my head for a while. But her performance, I think, carries the whole film, if we're being honest. Uh, this is purely a Florence Pugh vehicle. Her performance really anchors everything. And I think you can mm. hear it uh, in that clip that we played a little bit, that it's actually a very toned down performance. I don't think Florence Pugh at the best of times is an over actor anyway. Um, you know, she tends to be mm-hmm. very, she's very committed. She's very believable and she's very immersive, but she's not usually one for, for histrionics. I've never watched Florence Pugh do something and think, ah, I don't, I don't know why she's taken it in that direction. But the thing about this movie is that at least at the very beginning, she's quite prosaic and plain almost as a character you know she doesn't emote much she doesn't share much uh i I think it's worth saying just briefly as the setup that like you heard basically in a rural village in ireland a young girl an 11 year old girl has stopped eating for four months and yet she's managing to survive the village committee like a weird self-appointed committee of men um, decide that what they want to do is appoint a watch Um, they want to have a nun and a nurse come and watch the girl Anna around the clock to see whether she's cheating or whether she could in fact be a religious miracle and Florence Pugh plays Libright who is the nurse who comes in and just is kind of stern and polite and no nonsense and slowly gets involved in in the family's drama. And the movie does such a good job at creating that atmosphere, right? 
Um, it's so good at, at, at designing vibe. Uh, it's so good at just immersing you in, in whatever it wants you to be immersed in. Um, I love movies that can show you things about uh, a place or town or village or, or characters without having to explicitly say anything or, or tell you to your face. Um, like you spend hours or days after like talking about it, reading about it, uh, watching video explainers about it. Um, like this movie, like The Wonder is actually, I think it's perfect to sit with like like-minded movie nerds and just discuss uh, like we're doing now, like, you know, just reviewing it, talking about it um, because on the surface, I think the movie is nothing. It's very simple. It's very point A to point B uh, one location, few characters, music on a loop, but there's so much happening in the background or through dialogue uh, or through just like photos on the wall uh, that actually tell you so much of the story. And it, it, it explains why the town is the way it is, why people are the way they are, uh, why every, Everyone's willing to let a little girl like starve for their own beliefs. Um, so it seems boring. Like it could come off as a very boring movie in the first half, but there is a lot going on. It just it just requires you to do a bit of work, la, I think, at the end. I love the way that it pushes out questions without necessarily having the right answers. Because um, mm. what you just said about letting a little girl starve, right? It it's kind of uh, it meets at that exact collision point between science and and faith right it's uh in it's why there is a nurse but there's also a nun and yet as things progress and as as things progress as things get worse um the question of how long something like this will be allowed to go on and exactly to your point why it is that it's allowed to go on why it is that people seem unable to to move away from their from their preconceived notions or move away from what they want the situation to be rather than what it is i think all of those questions are presented in really interesting ways and you said that you it, it takes a little bit of work and i think Watching it requires a certain degree of attention. This is not a second screen movie. This is not something that you can do other things while also watching. And because the set design is beautiful, but also because the story is told in a very detailed way, I would actually recommend you not watch it the way I typically watch things, which is on a phone. I think that this is one of those films that you really do need to watch on a television. Oh, I think so also, uh, because the visuals are, are they're simple, but they're good. Uh, like the cinematography is good. The way the movie is colored is so unique. Like it looks of a piece. It has like a, a, a signature um, color to it, a signature aesthetic to it. Um, I also love how, you know, the movie isn't, it isn't judging, but it also is not, not judging. Uh, it's not saying that everyone is good, but it's talking about stuff like loss, about grief, about faith. Um, and the town is designed like so bleakly that you don't want to spend any of your time there, even as an audience member, but you're forced to for like one hour and 46 minutes or however long the movie is. Um, and and it's, it's, it's not just like religious beliefs, right? It does so much in telling you about everyone's belief in something like their own story, quote unquote, um, and the way each character like views the the world. And I think in that sense, it does a really good job at um, showing these people whatever small glimpses you get of them. It does such a good job at, at telling you their stories without hammering you over the head with anything. It's not forcing you to relate. It's just going, this is the situation you're in uh, with these characters. You can choose to like them or not. But, you know, it isn't, it isn't 
wrong per se, the way they are behaving. I think the other bit of heavy lifting that you need to do in order to understand, and understand is a very big word in the film, right? Because Lib, the main character, is frequently Mm. told that she doesn't understand the people that she's spending time with. And in today's setting, I think Lib is very likely to be most audiences avatar um, in approaching this film. And so to be repeatedly rebuffed by characters within the movie saying, you know what, if you are not able to understand why this is happening, it's because you don't understand our community. You have no say, you have no stake. And so to understand why people are like that, I think the historical context is important. So I, I didn't mention earlier when the film is set, but it is set in the 1800s, in the late 1800s, and it's set after the Great Famine of Ireland, um, which is why the idea of a starving child of or of there not being enough food and why it is that people might, why it is that there are so many people dealing with a collective grief, all of that is helpful to know, I think, going into it. And if you didn't know it going into it, reading about the history of that time period after is helpful. Again, uh, partly because it's an Irish village, it's an Irish family, and she's an English nurse. And that's a big deal as well. Because if you didn't know, then otherwise, they're just the worst decision makers in the world. They're horrid. They're they're just horrible. horrible. (laughs) Just horrible, horrible people with a horrible, twisted sense of love or affection or whatever is going on in this town. Uh, But yeah, like context, like super, super matters here, right? Um, I also wanted to ask you about the movie has a a plot device or a framing device. Yes, Right? I, I want to talk about that uh, when yeah. we come back because I, yes. I have a lot to say about it. I'm still thinking about it. As a preview of my thoughts, I haven't fully figured it out. <laughs> we'll come back for it. Um, we are talking today about The Wonder as part of our Florence Pugh double header of reviews this week. Let us know. It's on Netflix. Have you seen it yet? Uh, do you plan to? It is kind of a short film. It's an easy one to pack into a week. Let us know if you've seen it and liked it. Uh, you can WhatsApp us 018-789-8899 and of course tweet us at BFM Radio. Bigotry Free Malaysia, BFM 89.9. Are you nervous at all? Why should I be nervous? Do you know the dangers of a prolonged fast, Anna? I don't need to eat. Anna is in danger. She's an actress. She's chosen. Anyone can be chosen. BFM 89.9, you are listening to Popcorn Culture with Lynn and Arvin and together we're reviewing The Wonder, uh, which is out on Netflix and it was directed by Sebastian Lelio. It was written uh, based on a novel actually by Emma Donoghue, by a uh, screen written by Emma Donoghue, Lelio, as well as Alice Birch. And as we've established earlier on, it's about the story of a young girl on a prolonged fast who is either a miracle worker or a cheat. And if she is a cheat, then why is she a cheat? So you right before the break, Arvin, you mentioned the framing device. Now, I don't want to say what it is. I don't think we should. Mm-hmm. Um, even though it's more or less the first thing you see in the movie, it really is the first and last thing you see. It's, it's a framing device. How did you feel about it? Oh, um, so when they did that, right? Like they do it at the, it's, it's the, it opens the movie um, and it completely blindsides you. Uh, I was completely blindsided, but I was also like, 
ooh, what is this? Like, because it's com- it's so unexpected. Um, at first, I was confused. I was confused, but like super intrigued. Um, it hooked me. And by the end of the movie, right, I was I was slow clapping the movie's decision to have that framing device because of the, the way it was used. It was so clever. It was so seamless. Uh, the messaging worked. Um, because it could have been so tacky. Like if they if they didn't know how to use it, if they just threw it in there, oh man, it would have been like so, so tacky. Um, and you would have come out going like, what what was that for? Like, because it, if not used properly, I, I think it could have broken the entire thing. I think that your, whether or not you like the framing device or how deeply you want to engage in it will depend on how much um, capital A art and capital T theatre you enjoy because it's quite a theatrical thing to do, right? It's quite Mm. artsy. It it is a little bit, dare I say it, atas um, because it, it kind of, it, it's about highlighting the fact that the film is a fiction, Right. It, it wants yeah. very hard to emphasize that. And your patience with it. I mean, I think in general, um, you know, all this fourth wall, postmodernism, meta stuff, everybody's mileage is going to vary. I liked it, um, but I liked it because I, I think it helped to situate the story as something more than what it was and lets you know, clues you in that if you want, there is a very rich branch of history for you to go and look at. Because Emma Donoghue, who wrote the book, right? Um, I, You know, uh, she also wrote Room. So I think Children in Crisis is something that, that interests her. But she spoke about how in real life, um, part of what interested her was that there were these girls called fasting girls throughout history um, who did this exact thing. And the wonder is not based on any one of them in particular, but there is a real girl um, for whom a watch did happen and things did not end well. And I think that's why it's so uh, easy to get immersed, right? Like even if you didn't know about the the true story or the, or the history of the, uh, the things that the movie was based on, I think it does such a good job at letting you forget the initial framing device and making you forget the way the movie started and just throwing you into the the deep end of the story itself um which i which i think is a bit of a flex on their part because if you kept thinking about the first 10 seconds or 15 20 seconds of the movie then you wouldn't have uh, you know latched on to anything that was going on or any of the the characters so yeah i i also like that for for anyone that's interested um netflix themselves have put up like a video of the the starving girls and and what the movie was based on and i think that's worth a watch because for me it just makes me appreciate the movie all the more that you know they they had some history going into it but it's not it's not 100% necessary to make you like the film like if you don't like it i don't think you're going to like any of this you know what i appreciated about it also is that um while the set design and the the costuming and all of it is really lovely it doesn't look expensive or rather it looks expensive, but I have a suspicion that they managed to do it on quite a budget. I mean, Florence Pugh is in two dresses. I think throughout yeah. the entire film, she wears two dresses um, with 
Anna, she's wearing, they're all wearing the same thing all the time. The production design is so lived in and great, but it really only takes place in, I want to say, maybe four sets. Um, and, and all of it is done in, basically, what I'm trying to get at is that the entire story feels like it's being told in a very purposeful way. And that includes the decisions made around the set design, the costume, um, as well as that heavily A24 music that you heard there, um, which was done by Matthew Herbert. The the A24 music is such a good point uh, because, right, they, they went, it's clear that they went out of their way to create set pieces, like you said, and create the town to look uh, true to form. So they wanted it to look, to look like realistic and gritty, lived in and real. Uh, but then the music is so M83 and uh, it's so synthy and it has like such a otherworldly vibe to it. Um, but for some reason, it just works. Some Somehow, they got that music that sounds modern and sounds like earliest it would have come out in the 80s uh, to work in a movie that was set in the 1800s. Um, and I love the music. Like, I've, I've listened to that track a bunch of times, the credit song a bunch of times on YouTube. I love, love, love the music. We kind of started off by fawning over Florence Pugh and then pulled back, but I want to come back to it because she's so good. Um, the Her character's progression from trying to be cold and detached and just observe to feeling emotionally wrung out by this um, or even in the early stages of trying not to show too much emotion to at the end finding herself again. All of that stuff I thought was done so, so beautifully. And it's worth saying that it's a cast of, you know, there are some heavyweights in here, right? You've got your Kieran Hines, you've got your Toby Jones. Um, but I also thought that Killer Lord Cassidy, who plays the, the child in question, was so wonderfully unsettling. Her performance was, was just right. Oh, she was like perfectly cast. Um, she was so perfectly cast that in the beginning of the movie, I wasn't sure if I was watching a horror movie or if I was watching a drama. Because on the Netflix splash screen, it says like it's a drama, right? But then the movie is so unsettling and weird. It's got horror vibes. The house itself has very strong horror vibes. Super, super horror vibes. And then I was like, wait, did they not include the genre? Like, am I watching a horror movie? Was I prepared to watch a horror movie? And then like this level of not A24, but trying to be A24 sort of horror movie, which you need to mentally uh, prepare for. Oh, she she was so well cast. But I don't know, like I think um, Florence Pugh, like, like I said in the beginning, has such a good way of of doing things that look like they come naturally. Like, obviously, there's so much effort put into it and obviously there's so much work, right? But I don't know how she does it, but she doesn't look like she's acting. She looks like when she's speaking, she sounds like a normal person speaking. None of anything that she's doing comes off like a performance. And I think we'll we'll carry on talking about her in uh, Don't Worry Darling Tomorrow, which she does the same thing. But, but here it's so subtle and so organic. I don't think that... I'm not sure that there are so many actors working today that we could have done a double bill for and said, I really believed her and she is a star. But these are very, very different characters. I'm not sure that there are so many people we can say that about because I found myself thinking that. I, I watched Don't Worry Darling before I watched The Wonder. And I believed her entirely in Don't Worry Darling. And then I watched The Wonder thinking... I feel like I'm looking at a completely different person. And I think that's what you want, right? That's how you know you're watching an actor at the top of their game. And the only reason I kept thinking it was exactly because of that naturalism that you were talking about. She's not, she just looks like she's a nurse in the 1860s. It's, it's uncanny. 
I mean, I watched her and then I went like, oh, she would be cool in the MCU. And then I'm like, oh, wait, no, she's already in the MCU. <laughs> yeah, she's there. She, you, don't, you don't like connect the two. Um, I wanted to ask you, like, would you recommend this to anyone? Uh, and, and how <laughs> would you recommend it? I know we talk about like this a lot, but sometimes I feel like we review movies because it's our job. Like we do it for the show, right? Um, but would you recommend it to someone who wanted to watch a, a casual movie on a weeknight? I would recommend it if you like film. Um, I, I would absolutely recommend it, firstly. Secondly, mm. I would recommend it if you like film and appreciate interesting films that are trying to do things well. And because I think that that's the wonder. It's an interesting film that tells its story very, very well. Um, I do also think you need to be prepared to not I don't know, you know, go out partying right after. It's not going to make you happy. It's not that kind of movie. No, um, I would 100% recommend, uh, I think. But also give it time. I would say like if you're watching it, give it 40 minutes, I think, to settle in before it picks up. Uh, and yes. then, then you'll start um, getting into the movie, like really, really getting into the movie. We've been talking today about The Wonder, uh, which is out on Netflix. It's directed by Sebastian Lelio. It stars uh, Florence Pugh, among others. It's a big ensemble cast. Uh, let us know, have you watched it yet? Do you plan to WhatsApp 018-789-8899? Tweet us at BFM Radio and write to us at movies at bfm.my. listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.